This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's getting really hot in here. It's so hot. It's Getting Hot in Here is a programme about giving voice to the people in our community working for environmental and social change. The climate emergency is the defining issue of our lifetime. Our aim is to bring you content that helps us understand the climate crisis and explore actions to help us all to save ourselves. Why are Fonterra still using coal in a climate emergency? This was the question asked by Extinction Rebellion Otau Tahi recently at a protest at Fonterra's offices in Christchurch. The protest was organized as a result of Bathurst Coal's application to expand the Canterbury coal mine near Darfield. Selina Clare is a spokesperson for Extinction Rebellion Otau Tahi and joins me now in the studio. Kia ora. Kia ora. Thanks for having me. So what's the connection between Bathurst Coal and Fonterra? Well, Bathurst Coal, they have a coal mine in Colgate, Canterbury Coal Mine, and the, a lot of the coal that they extract from there is burnt by Fonterra locally. Um, Fonterra is, is the second largest burner of coal in Aotearoa, and they burn it to dry out their milk, so to dehydrate it into milk powder, and a lot of that gets sent overseas. So that's a connection that um, a lot of us don't know that Fonterra actually use a heap of coal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's your concern then with the expansion of this coal mine? Well, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of different concerns. There's not only like there's an endangered species of mudfish um, in that area. If they expand, it's likely to become extinct. Um, there's also not only we can't afford to be extracting and burning coal in, in a climate crisis. So there's putting more carbon into the atmosphere um, we just can't afford to be doing that anymore. So that's that's one of the biggest issues. We just need to keep coal in the ground, leave it where it is, and also just to try and protect our, our land and our waters because, um, as we know, in Canterbury, our waterways are not healthy and well, and no. if they're not healthy and well, that flows on and affects us. So mm. we need to take care of our land and our waters. So what what's the the update on the process of that coal mine expansion? I think there were some sub, there was a time period for submissions. Mm-hmm. Um, has that passed? That yeah, that has since closed, and then the um, the different councils are going to be appointing people to investigate, review the um, expansion process. And we don't yet have a time frame on that. It might be a few more months before anything sort of starts, like a trial happens on that. Um, so Bathurst are applying for, you know, like a retrospective consent. They've actually been extracting, um, I think it's four times the amount of coal they've actually been consented to extract. So it's kind of like a cheeky way to kind of backdate naughty things that Ooh. they that, that they shouldn't have been doing Anyway, so the council never took any action. I'm not familiar with mm-hmm. how much the Salwinder District Council and ECAN have been 
paying attention to that. I know that I've had a few fines for different practices that haven't been compliant, but they've been allowed to. They've been allowed, or they have extracted more mm. than they're consented to do. Mm. So. Now, I understand that Fonterra has made a public commitment to move away from coal, uh, but their coal burner in Washdyke is the region's biggest consented burner of coal, consented until 2039. Yeah, they want to be getting off coal and um, they've come out and made statements about their commitment to get off coal. Um, they've made a commitment to not install new coal-fired boilers. Um, so the, the progress that Fonterra have made on converting their coal boilers to electricity or biomass is, in, in Extinction Rebellion's opinion, is incredibly slow. We need them to be much more socially responsible and stepping up so that they can be, you know, doing their business for people and not dam- doing more damage to the environment. Mm. But, mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's still a lot of coal use and extraction happening. And as we know, yeah, the West Coast mines are trying to get going more, but they've been recently sort of slowed down. I think in the high courts there's been some good thing that Forrest and Bird have been doing on that too. Mm. So tell me a bit more about this um, potential species extinction if the coal mine goes ahead with the expansion. I don't know that much about it. I just know that there's an endangered species of mudfish um, that the I believe it's like the runoff from, from the mine um, if, I, if I'm understanding correctly, um, contaminates the water and the, it makes the the waters unlivable for the mudfish. Mm. Yeah, so... I would think that would be a, a point that would be very strongly in favour of rejecting the expansion then. Well, you would... Yeah, I mean, I would, I would certainly think so too, that um, we need to take into account, like, our responsibilities to be caretakers of, of lands and species in our, in our areas, so... Mm. Um, hopefully that would be one of the things that gets kind of considered when they discuss what can they do about this expansion. Mm. Yeah. So what what is Extinction Rebellion doing to keep the pressure on? Uh, Well, so last week we uh, met outside in the morning in the the cold and the rain, the winter morning, and we met outside the Fonterra offices um, to stage a peaceful but, like, theatrical protest at, at Fonterra. Um, so just to try and highlight this issue that Fonterra um, do have a social responsibility, in our opinion, to be getting off coal. And if they do that, then Bathurst won't need to expand. So that was that was last week. We had 30 to 40 people brave the weather to get out there and send a good message. So we are now looking at what are our next steps in terms of how do we want to proceed um, in our campaign against coal in Ōtotahi. So it'll be kind of watch this space a bit. We're still figuring out what a good strategic move is to Mm. focus on Fonterra and Bathurst. Right. I guess the good news is that the government has a clean-powered public service fund to help convert coal boilers in some institutions, for example, University of Canterbury. Yes. 
That's fantastic news. Yeah, we were we that came out just a few days ago, I believe. So that's really good news that mm. the university will be switching off their coal use. Yeah. Other recipients are the Auckland University of Technology, the New Zealand Defence Force, uh, Inland Revenue, and Mid-Central and Lakes District Health Board. So that's a good start. Yeah. I mean, it's fabulous that we can be using government to support industries that are important for jobs and economy to continue to operate, but to do it in a way that's better for for us and our environment. So that's fantastic news. Mm. Yeah. Um, there's still a few public institutions that uh, I think need to get with the play personally, and that's the Canterbury District Health Board, because they are one of our big coal users um, and they have a permit to continue to burn coal until 2044. Mm-hmm. Lincoln University as well is a, is a big user of coal, and their permit runs to 2025. So, um, Sorry, there's also a lot of schools in, um, in Canterbury that burn coal for heating too. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's a lot of coal burning going on that we don't need anymore. We could switch to electricity, we, you know, which is a mainly re- renewable do you see Extinction Rebellion having a role in educating the public about That's always a part of conversion. activism, like helping to just get issues in front of people so that they can then be aware of it. And then, you know, there's, there's a chunk of those people who are like want to stand up for what is what they're seeing is not a, a good thing to be happening. So that's part of our kind of like movement building to to yeah get the issues out there and the school strikers and you know lots of other 350 there's there's greenpeace so yeah we all try and work together to put these issues out there mm. for people to see yeah and act now is there an extinction rebellion branch out on the west coast out on the west coast no, I, I know there are people who are out there, but I, I'm not sure if they've kind of formed a, a group and are taking action. There's more up in, up in Nelson and, and, you know, kind of a little bit around Canterbury mm-hmm. and, of course, nationally. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just I was wondering because, of course, you've got the Bathurst call. Um, mines on the west coast. Yeah, I think it's Deniston Plateau. I think it's might be tricky. I think it's trickier out there in terms of like the, you know, just the sensitivity of being in a community where jobs are so important around coal. I think campaigning as a local it could be quite a challenging thing mm-hmm. to to be living and campaigning. So, yeah. but. Surely there are people who are passionate about it out there. Mm. I mean, that brings up a good point. On the one hand, you're campaigning to save us all from climate catastrophe, (laughs) but then there are the people whose jobs currently rely on these extractive industries. And so how do you balance that within your movement? Well, that's part of what we're considering in um, our strategy for... um, what's happening in Bathurst. Um, We had a recent um, kind of town hall meeting, which was really just an open space where any workers at that coal mine, community members could just sort of show up and have a voice um, and just have a platform. So, you know, we really recognise, you know, the the absolute importance of people to earn a living and the right to, to have good work. 
So what we're wanting to do is highlight that the government um, needs to be focusing more on like a just transition to be getting people into jobs that are actually looking to flourish a lot more um, so that they do have a better long-term stable future for themselves and their whānau. So I think the government has a really strong role in that and then it's just up to us to try and support each other to say, hey, I know this is difficult. What can we do to work together to, to help us all to, to, to live well? Finally, how can people best get in touch if they want to find out more about what you guys do or want to join in your movement? Yeah, awesome. So um, we have a Facebook page. So if you just you know look us up, Extinction Rebellion Otatahi Christchurch, um, you can mes- message us there. We have um, regular meetings um, in Central Christchurch on a Friday evening, which is just an open meeting for people to just come in and get to know each other and find out a bit about what we're about. So you can find those events on our Facebook page. And if you go to extinctionrebellion.nz, you can subscribe to our newsletters and look at see what else is going on if you're... um, just wanting to suss us out and find out a bit more about what we're about. But everyone is welcome. We're really wanting, like, all people, all races, all backgrounds, all gender identity to have a space where they can feel like their voice counts in in this kind of really important fight. Thanks for your time today. Thank you for your time. You're listening to It's Getting Hot In Here on Plains FM. For the past two weeks, a small band of protesters has been keeping vigil on the grounds of Parliament in Wellington in order to draw attention to the climate crisis. One of those keeping vigil is David Goldsmith, who is also on a hunger strike. So I decided to ring him up and find out more. Kia ora, David. Kia ora. Well, you're into your second week of a hunger strike. How are you feeling? Yes, I'm not. Uh, yes, I am into the second week. I was just going to contradict you. Um, I'm at day nine at the moment of hunger striking, and it's um, day fifteen of our vigil, sixteen of our vigil. Yeah. So how how are you feeling physically? Um, physically, um, I'm feeling the effects of not eating, um, and I want to um, let the listeners know too that I've been really careful about this. So. Um, I am taking supplements, which um, helps mitigate some of the risks of doing this. Um, mineral, vitamin, and electrolyte supplements. So, yeah, but back to how I'm feeling. Um, I've been struggling a little bit with a strange pressure in my ears, which got really bad yesterday. And I suspect it's um, maybe some sort of infection that's causing pressure in my inner ear. Ooh. So that made yesterday very difficult. But I'm, I still have it slightly today, but I'm feeling a lot better with that today. Mm. Um, and apart from that, one of the other big struggles which I've heard, I heard before I started is sleep. And apparently this is due to having an empty stomach. The natural adrenaline um, becomes much more potent. So I tend to wake up quite early in the morning and um, often I've had not, not a good enough sleep. No, you're sort of putting yourself through the ringer here. (laughs) 
why have you chosen this particular form of protest rather than, you know, joining up with some of the established protest action groups like Extinction Rebellion or Greenpeace? Well, I have been a member of Greenpeace for years and I have actually joined in with Greenpeace and their protests. I've done actually only one recently with Greenpeace, but I've been a member for years. Um, and also I have been, I am a member of Extinction Rebellion as well and have done protests with them quite enthusiastically. Mm. <laughs> um, and actually the idea for a hunger strike first came up at an Extinction Rebellion meeting in Ōtapahi. Um It was a brainstorm that we were having about um, what possible actions there could be and someone said hunger strike and it was like, Rather than I went to the idea, the idea came to me and, and took possession of me. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was ready to come to Wellington straight away. Well, to start planning straight away. Um, but I had a, conversations with some more experienced activists and they cautioned to take it easy. And so it was sort of just put on the back burner. Mm. But it uh, came back again after the whole um, COVID-19 experience. Um, seeing government act with, you know, drastic actions in response to the science with COVID-19 mm. and having such spectacular success um, raised the question of, well, why aren't we doing that with um, the climate and ecological emergency? Yeah. Yeah, um, I 100% support what the government has done with COVID and I just want to see real action on 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 this for our children and for our future. Mm. So what is your your goal with this then? What are, what are you trying to achieve? Is it to raise awareness with the public or get the government to act as they did with COVID-19? What, what's, what's your goal? Well, I've chosen to go on a hunger strike because I see the need as urgent. I, I believe that we may already be too late and um, the thing, the one thing that we urgently need to do, and there are other things, of course, but the one thing that we, the big thing that we urgently need to do is ban fossil fuels. So that's such a huge thing. It's not just New Zealand that needs to do that. It's the entire world that needs to do that. Um, and so I'm reaching for the moon here. I feel our situation is desperate and we may already be out of time. I hope I'm wrong about that. But to have such a dramatic change... Um, we need dramatic action and we, we need for that action to actually happen we need the support of, of, of people for people to understand that, um, that we either do that change or there's no future for our children and grandchildren so primarily my hunger striking is directed at all New Zealanders and asking for people to rise up peacefully I absolutely um, believe 100% in non-violent direct action. So I want to, um, my hunger striking is, I'm not asking other people to hunger strike. I'm asking them to, to um, follow Greta Thunberg's example and whether it be that they, I want, it would be great if adults started striking every Friday. Um, I know that's a big ask, but even to do vigils Friday lunchtime, like which is happening now in, in Ōtutahi, Christchurch, Every Friday from 12.30 to 1.30, it's happening outside the bus exchange. So this is all part of a, a new movement, if you like, or 
it's not actually really, I couldn't call it a movement at this point, it's a vision. Um, and I don't want it to be a new organisation, but we're calling it Etu for Future. Stand up for our future, stand up for our children's future. And um, we'd love people to come to Parliament and join us. Um, I think we probably need 10,000 people every day here at Parliament for this sort of change to happen. Because if you imagine 10,000 people at Parliament, there'd be at least 100 people. If they were there consistently every day, there'd be at least 100 people standing behind them. And that would be a million people. And also, for the same thing to start happening all over the country, lots and lots of Greta's everywhere. That's the vision. And if we can get enough Greta's everywhere, then maybe, maybe New Zealand could lead the world and put in a program to comprehensively ban fossil fuel. It's a huge ask, I know, but I don't see any future if we don't. Um, my understanding of the science um, is that we need to stop burning fossil fuels. It's, you know, there's a lot of complexity, in, particularly in um, climate science and the carbon cycle. There's, it's a, a quite a complex area, but in fact, the bigger picture is quite simple. We're taking ancient carbon out of the ground and putting it in the air. And that's, that's causing global warming, obviously, but it's actually bigger than just climate. It's also causing ocean acidification, mm. um, which is even much, uh, much simpler um, to understand. It's not as complex as the whole carbon cycle with um, the climate. And it's all part of a mass extinction that we're in the beginning of. You know, life has been around on Earth for 500 million years, and in that time there's been five mass extinctions, and now we're in the middle of a, another one that's human-caused. Hmm. What reactions have you had from the public? I, I imagine you've been engaging with people who have been strolling past? Yes, yeah. A lot of people just walk past. It's probably the majority, um, other people stop and engage. We're trying to be as welcoming as possible for that. Um, um, I had a sign, let's talk about it, and then listing seven points I have from, from the science. Um, I recently changed that to a big welcome across the top of that sign, trying to encourage people to come and talk. Mm. Um, particularly through the school holidays, actually, we've had people more relaxed coming to visit Parliament um, and stopping a lot of really good conversations with people. Um, since starting the hunger strike, I've had people stopping, and um, I remember one guy in particular stopping and sort of saying in quite a gruff voice, mm, I don't really um, agree with your cause, but I want to shake your hand, he said. So, mm. <laughs> mm. so it's been almost universally positive. I mean, there has been the occasional um, negative thing, but it's been very rare. Um, I've got a sign saying, I'm with Greta, in very bold writing. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes that's drawn out a reaction, usually from middle-aged to older men, who are somehow threatened by Greta. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's been, you know, actually quite rare. The occasional denier... But, you know, they're few and far between as well. Um, my, my view on denial is um, 
that that science denial, I would call it, to be more precise, is getting much, much rarer. But I think that we all uh, struggle with denial in various forms. Um, just the scale of the crisis, it's just really hard to um, to understand and feel it. It's really easy to engage in magical thinking that somehow in the future we're going to find a solution to it and not really engage with the enormity and the the need for drastic action right now. And particularly for myself, I've struggled to um, connect with my emotions around it, mm. um, which is another form of denial. And um, my daughter, Hannah, has been the agent for me, really, in opening up to my feelings. Um, and my, my, my frozen feelings slowly starting to melt. Because I think when we, we have our feelings frozen, it's also our love that's frozen. And I feel strongly that this action that I'm doing now is coming from, from a place of love and caring and, and wanting us to um, provide a future for mm. our children and grandchildren. And have you had any reaction from the politicians? No, they've been on recess um, and it's actually their first day back today. Yeah, we, we had one Green MP um, stop and talk to us, Jan Nogi. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, we haven't um, seen any politicians at this stage. But I'm hoping over the next couple of weeks that that will change. And how long do you plan to continue with the hunger strike and hold this vigil? Um, we were hoping that the vigil will continue all the way up to the election, and that sort of depends on um, some of us swapping out with each other and like you know a flock of geese where the lead geese takes it hops out from the lead and another one steps up and also with the hunger striking that's looking very likely to be happening as well that there'll be other hunger strikers after me so we're hoping we could go up to the election even maybe beyond the election to keep the issue right in the face of the new government we're obviously hoping to um, affect the election with you know to some degree um, to encourage people to vote for politicians that care, politicians that care about our children's future and care about the planet. So, um, yeah, and in answer to the question about how long I'm planning to hunger strike, I'm hoping to make it to three weeks, but I will stop at any point where there's an obvious um, health reason that I need to stop because I want to go home to my four-year-old daughter, Hannah, Mm. and my partner, Julie. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to explain what you're doing and why you're doing it and um, look after yourself. Thank you. Yes, I will. Thank you. You've been listening to It's Getting Hot In Here on Plains FM. If you want to check out the podcast, go to the Plains FM website.